What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast. I'm your guy, JR. Hope you guys having a beautiful evening this evening. Just want to hop on here real quick. I won't be long at all. And give you my thoughts on a segment called Friday Night Thoughts. I've done this before. And this is just a segment where I don't have nothing prepped. I don't have nothing uh, prepared like I normally do. I don't have nothing put together. I have no agenda. This is just literally my Friday night thoughts. Um, just got home not too long ago, thinking about some sports stuff and just kind of wanted to see what you guys thought. So let's jump right into it. Um, my first thought, Friday night thoughts that I had, Caitlin Clark, how good is this girl? I mean, 18 points away from... Pete Maravich, Pistol Pete's all-time scoring record, 3,667 points. Now, we know that, I believe it's Francis Marion, Francis and we know that she scored over 4,000 points. Um, but we, And I'm going to give credit where credit due. She scored over 4,000 points. That's a lot of buckets. <laughs> so we got to acknowledge that. But when we're talking D1, we're talking D1, all-time Division One record between men and women. Pistol Pete holds that at 3,667 points. Caitlin Clark is 18 points away from that, and she is definitely going to eclipse that tomorrow because they host Ohio State, number two Ohio State at home. It's a big game, big game. I think Iowa's number six, Ohio State's number two. And one thing I've seen and learned about Caitlin Clark, she loves the big moments. I wouldn't be surprised if she go for 40 tomorrow. I wasn't surprised if she got 20 straight to break the record. I really wouldn't be. This girl is, as advertised, um, the ability to shoot the ball from deep, deep range is something I don't think we've seen in the women's college basketball game. Obviously, we've seen it in the men's with, obviously, Steph Curry being the GOAT shooter, um, but also Damian Lillard, Trey Young. Like, we've seen guys you know with the ability to shoot from deep with accuracy um high percentages from deep she does it i've never seen a a female women's basketball player shoot the ball from distance like she does never seen never seen it so um i think she's incredible averaging the league high 32.2 points a game and almost nine assists like that she's a one-man wrecking crew i remember last year we were doing our brackets and doing picks, and uh, she, they were playing South Carolina. I said, there's no way South Carolina going to let one woman beat them. No way. No way she's going to beat South Carolina. And she dropped 30 and beat South Carolina. It's like this. What, like, I just don't understand. Like, she is the truth. Um, To me, you know, I'm going to give her credit for being the all-time scoring leader once she eclipses it. Again, the record's 3,667. She's definitely going to get that. I'm not even like, you know, barring injury, she's going to get that. To me, though, Pete Maravich is still more impressive. Pistol Pete, Pete Maravich, it's still more impressive. <laughs> he scored 3,667 points without a three-point line, and he did it in two years. That's the impressive part to me. Um, Averaged 44.2 points a game over his career. I think he did it in three years, actually. It was two or three years. I have to go back and uh, stat check that here in a little bit and correct myself. But I think it was two or three years he did that. I want to say it was two years. 
44.2 points a game. That, that's just insane. <laughs> uh, let that sink in, guys. That's unreal. So, to me, his hold more weight, but I'm going to give her credit. I am, again, this is me just thinking. This is me. I haven't put much thought into it as far as prepping and researching like I normally do. I'm curious to see her at the next level. And see, here's the problem with Caitlin Clark that I think we're going to run into. Her fame right now will never be more bigger than it is. Let me explain myself. I probably kind of messed that up a little bit. She will not be more famous or she will not be more um, hyped. She will not be more acknowledged than she is right now. Why? Because it's college basketball and it's March. You know, college basketball, whether we want to admit it or not, gets more love than the WNBA. Now, I don't agree with that. I'm one of the people that watches the WNBA and happen to think those women are very highly skilled and can really play and can punish some men around here. Most men, believe me, very skilled, uh, could play. Um, The casual fan, though, the casual fan is not going to watch WNBA. Now, which is she going to take some fans with her to WNBA? Absolutely. I think it's going to, they're going to gain more viewership because of the way she plays. But the WNBA, they're not played a lot on ESPN. They're not played a lot on national TV. So my fear is that we're watching this great talent. And then a year from now, we're not going to hear much more about her. Not because her play fell off, but because the WNBA just does not bring the viewership that college basketball does. Y'all following me? So if she can bring that viewership to the WNBA, that's going to be big. That's going to be big for the WNBA. So just my thoughts on Caitlin Clark. Moving on, my second thought. I don't know if so, in this concern the NFL – I don't know if some of y'all seen this, but do you guys remember my one of my last segments where I talked about Eric Bieniemy getting fired from the Washington Commanders and how I didn't like it because I thought that they didn't have to announce that they fired him. They could have just said we mutually parted ways, but I think they made it a case that they fired him. And then I proceeded to talk about that. I don't necessarily think it's race because we've seen you know, a lot of minority coaches getting hired. You got, you know, in the past, we've seen Ron Rivera, right? Now, you know, Mike Tomlin, Antonio Pierce got hired. Raheem Morris got hired. You got D'Amico Ryans that's got hired. Um, and I'll probably, I'm probably missing a few. Uh, Carolina Panthers, our coach, he's a minority. Um, I cannot remember his name. Um, we've seen minority coaches get jobs. So I don't want to say... And I'm probably leaving somebody out, guys. Oh, um, Gerard Mayo with the Patriots. Like, we've seen minority coaches getting hired, so I don't particularly want to say that it's race. What could it be with him? And I brought that up to say news came out a couple weeks ago that he accepted a position at UCLA as the offensive coordinator slash associate head coach. So now this man taking a step back. So it went from... Can't get a head coaching job in the NFL. Went to go be an offensive coordinator. You know, 
did not have a good quarterback. Had Sam Howell, who had a career year. Granted, Sam Howell got benched um, towards the end of the year, but Sam Howell had a career year. Their offense ranked in the bottom half of the league. I do understand that. They let him go after one year. And then, not only did they let him go, but all the other offensive coordinator positions are filled. He takes a step back. He takes a step back and goes to college as an offensive coordinator slash head coach. Somebody has got to tell me what this man did. If you follow me on social media or comment, please comment and tell me, am I missing something here? What has Eric Bieniemy done so bad that he cannot get a job? I just, I, I don't understand it. We've seen head coaches get jobs and get fired after a year. I lie Steve Wilkes. He got a shot. I'm going to speak on him too, not now, but at a later time. Steve Wilkes with the Cardinals at least got one year. David Cully with the Texans at least got one year. Frank Wright got one year. Didn't he make it a year with my Panthers? The enemy not even getting that. He's not even getting a shot. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm, it's mind-boggling to me because although the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, and I think that speaks to the greatness of that defense and the greatness of Pat Mahomes and the greatness of Andy Reid, we can all agree their offense looked noticeably different without Eric Bieniemy. We can agree to that. Somebody got to explain to me what happened. Like, and then the thing, the other thing that gets me is, and again, guys, this is Friday Night Thoughts. This is me just talking off the dome. The other thing that gets me is, Patrick Mahomes, where you at? Travis Kelsey, where you at? Your receivers, the running backs, Andy Reid. Why ain't y'all advocating more for this guy to get a job? Now, we've heard him talk about how great he is and he deserves one, but that was some, you know, time ago. Where y'all at? I just, I feel like something smells a little fishy here to me. Something smells a little off here to me. This man ain't getting a job, and I want to know why. You know, give him a head coaching job. If he goes 2-15, and 15, boom, okay, I guess there you go. Proofing the pudding, I guess, whatever. Although I don't think that's enough time, but there you go. He ain't even getting that. He got demoted, essentially, to college offensive coordinator. <laughs> I, somebody got to, somebody's got to, you know, talk to me and, and, and tell me why. And while I'm on this subject, you know, I wasn't going to talk about Steve Wills, but while I'm on it, because it's my podcast and it's my thoughts, I didn't get a chance to speak on this, so I'm going to speak on it now. 49ers decided they wanted to fire Steve Wilkes. Let me read you guys something that I did screenshot in my phone. I want to read you guys something. I hope I still have it. Because this, this doesn't make any sense to me. Give me one second, guys. D'Amico Ryan versus Steve Wilkes numbers, if I can find it. I think I had it. I just want to make sure before I go on this rant. 
D'Amico Ryans from 2021 to 2022, two years. Opponents points a game, 18.9. Steve Wilkes this year, 17 and a half points a game. So over a point difference. Opponent yards per game, 305.3. Steve Wilkes, 303.9. So two yards difference or less. So he gave he he gave up less points, gave up less yards. Now granted, that's only about one and two, but it's still less, right? One is less than two, right? Still less. Takeaways per game. Domingo Ryan 1.5, Steve Wilkes 1.7. So essentially the same takeaways per game. Lowered numbers across the board. And guess what the Niners did? They fired them. You know what this reeks of to me? This reeks of finger pointing to me. Kyle Shanahan is pointing the finger at Steve Wilkes for blowing the game. Let me spit some facts at you. He held Patrick Mahomes to 19 points in overtime and regulation. He held them to 19 points in regulation. I don't understand why he had to be let go. He had the Chiefs looking stuck in the first half. Nowhere to go. Had a great game plan. But all because your offense could not produce. All because you got away from the run game, which we've seen before. The first Super Bowl against the Chiefs where Shanahan blew because he decided to get away from his his guns, the run game. The, the, the Sorry, TLB, if you're listening. The 28-3 with the Falcons. You decide to just start throwing the ball rather than run the ball. Got away from what you do best. West Coast offense, right? Predicated on running the ball. Predicated on play action. Predicated on movement. Predicated on pre-snap. Got away from that. But you want to blame Steve Wilkes for losing? When this man only surrendered 19 points in regulation? This stuff getting out of hand with Shanahan, man. No pun intended. It's getting out of hand. This guy ain't being held accountable. Yeah, good coach. Yeah, you got him to the Super Bowl twice. But you're pointing the finger, and I don't like it. Steve Wilkes did not deserve to be fired. Steve Wilkes have got the raw end of the deal in three separate franchises. First, the Cardinals gave him the raw end of the deal. Had a terrible record, didn't have nothing to work with, got fired after one year. Come to the, car, come to the Panthers, my Panthers. Does a great job with the defense. Takes over as interim head coach when we let go of that terrible coach, Matt Rule. Coaches us to a 500 record, one game away from the playoffs. Had the team motivated, had the team playing well. We don't sign him as head coach. Go to the 49ers. Has a better defense statistically than D'Amico Ryan, the head coach of the Texans, who should have won coach of the year, who got robbed. Another argument for another day. Had better defensive numbers than he did when he was the coordinator there and got fired. I don't get it. Somebody got to show me what this man Steve Wilkes is doing wrong. I don't get it. Last thing that's on my mind, little NBA talk. And I don't want to admit this, but I have to. I'm not a Nuggets fan. I love watching Jokic play Nikola Jokic. I enjoy watching him play basketball. This man within that system, it's incredible to watch him pass the ball. 
It's incredible to watch him score. Don't have elite athleticism. It's incredible to watch him impact the game. He's actually gotten better defensively a little bit. But you know the Nuggets, you know what they've done the last few weeks, and I don't want to admit this, but I have to. They have reminded me of why the champs. And they have reminded me that they can turn it on at any time they want to. Let me read you these stats from Nikola Jokic's last few games. Nikola Jokic versus Washington. In 31 minutes, he had 21 points, 10 of 10 from the field, 19 rebounds, 15 assists. That's 2K numbers. In 35 minutes against Portland, it was a back-to-back. He played 35 minutes, had 29 points, 15 rebounds, 14 assists, 12 of 17 from the field. Then two nights later against Golden State when they were trailing, the second half they decided just to turn it on. He gets 37, plays 37 minutes, gets 32 points, 13-24 from the field, 16 rebounds, 16 assists. If you keep in track, that's three straight triple-doubles. Oh, and then three nights later against Sacramento, he plays 32 minutes, gets 14 points, 5-9 from the field, 14 rebounds, 11 assists. That's four straight triple-doubles. And then against Miami last night, 38 minutes, he gets 18 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. Didn't shoot well from the field, 6-15. You know what all them games have in common? One, two, three, four, five. That was all wins. <laughs> I just, this guy, man, is absolutely incredible and continues to remind me of why he has been an MVP and why this team can turn it on and why this team can be dangerous. As bad as I don't want to admit it, this team can repeat. They really can. Another guy that has made me apologize I told you it'll be this. Victor Wimbyama. You know, I told y'all that I thought the NBA wanted him to win rookie of the year. He was going to win it anyway because you can't have that much hype and not win it, right? Sort of like the LeBron Carmelo year. Carmelo made the playoffs, had a better year, but he didn't get rookie of the year. You can't have a guy with this much hype and not win it. Now, I know some of y'all may go, that's crazy. Because it's LeBron James. Yeah, it's validated, right? <laughs> It's validated that LeBron, you know, is the best player between the two. That's not even an argument, right? I'm just making an argument that Melo really could have and should have won Rick of the Year that year. But the NBA was not going to not give LeBron the MVP or a Rick of the Year. Same with Wimbiama, I thought. But this man told, reminded me of why he's just a better player than Chet Hunger and all the other rookies. Let me read you his last five games. 19 points, 5 blocks, 5 steals, 4 assists, 13 rebounds. 27 points, 5 blocks, 5 steals, 8 assists, 10 rebounds. 22 points, 5 blocks, 1 steal, 2 assists, 10 rebounds. 17 points, 4 blocks, 2 steals, 5 assists, 13 rebounds. And then the game against Chet last night, 28 points, 5 blocks, 2 steals, 7 assists, 13 rebounds. This dude fills the stat sheet and does everything. This dude is a great player already. And I am coming on here to this All Things Sports podcast, and I am apologizing to Victor Wimbyama. Victor Wimbyama, if you ever hear this, I apologize. This dude is great. <laughs> he elite already defensively. This dude filling the stat sheet. When he gets another, when he, when he finishes this year and coming next year with his year under his belt, I got a hot take. This dude going to be a top 10 player in the NBA. Y'all want a hot take? There you go. 
he might not be higher than 10, but he's going to be a top 10 player in the NBA. I, this dude's unreal. He's been durable. Oh, oh, oh. And speaking of durable, he's doing this in 29 minutes a game. The Spurs are tanking without saying they're tanking. Imagine if he was playing 35 minutes a game. On the season, he's averaging 21 points, 11 rebounds, 3.2 blocks. Imagine if he was playing seven more minutes. He'd be averaging 24, 12, and almost four blocks. It, this, this stuff's incredible, man. What he's doing is incredible. It's not translating to wins because his team is just terrible, and they're tanking, and I think Pop just out there just to be out there. This might sound blasphemous, but I think the Spurs may need to look at getting rid of him just because... But I got to get on here and get some love to Victor Wimbiama. Incredible. Last thing I want to, you know, that I've been thinking about is this. Jason Tatum's MVP. I'm sorry. Jason Tatum's MVP. I know what Jokic is doing. I know what SGA is doing. But it's time we show Jason Tatum some love. Best player on the best team. Almost 30 points a game. Eight and a half rebounds. Well, I'm sorry, 20, 20, 28 points a game, 8.9 rebounds, 5 assists, I believe. Got a big matchup with Luka and the Celtics tonight. I foresee Tatum having a big game to show the world I'm the MVP. Jason Tatum for MVP, man. Jason Tatum for MVP. All Things Sports Podcast, Friday Night Thoughts. Y'all have a blessed weekend.